The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network, The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Hello, Bob here with this week's Bubble Genius Showcase Item of the Week. There's no better way to troll your Trump supporter friends than by picking up Bubble Genius's own tiny orange hand soap set. Give yourself a hand or take two. They're small, tiny in fact, teeny tiny. They're orange, of course, and smells appropriately of circus peanuts in honor of the GOP's clown dictator. Am I right, folks? Only $12 at BubbleGenius.com, but if you use our promo code Bob and Chez at checkout, you'll get an additional 15% off only at BubbleGenius.com. And now, let the cartoons begin. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. She ran out of the building, and a street sweeper ran over her foot and severed her pinky toe. (laughs) That's unbelievable. Yeah, then after the ambulance left, I found the toe. So I put it in a Cracker Jack box, filled it with ice, and took off for the hospital. You ran? No, I jumped on the bus. I told the driver, I got a toe here, buddy. Step on it. Holy cow! Yeah, yeah. Then, all of a sudden, this guy pulls out a gun. Well, I knew any delay's gonna cost her her pinky toe. So I got out of the seat and I started walking towards him. He says, where do you think you're going, Cracker Jack? I says, well, I got a little prize for you, buddy. Knocked him out cold. How could you do that? Yeah, then everybody is screaming because the driver, he's passed out because of all the commotion. The bus is out of control. So I grab him by the collar. I take him out of the seat. I get behind the wheel. Now I'm driving the bus. Batman. Yeah, yeah, I am Batman. <laughs> then the mugger, he comes to and he starts choking me. So I'm fighting him off with one hand and I kept driving the bus with the other, you know. Then I managed to open up the door and I kicked him out the door, you know, with my foot, you know, at the next stop. You kept making all the stops? <laughs> well, people kept ringing the bell. Because we're number one and the part that makes us smile is making Wrong. The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. It is Thursday, March 9, 2017, and this is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. I am Bob Seska, joined today by my very good friend, David Ferguson. David Ferguson, right here. Dave. Hi, Dave. Hey, Bob. Oh, Bob. Are you there? Dave. So, David Ferguson is here from uh, from Raw Story. Uh Sitting in the uh, in the second chair in the second chair, you're like like uh, uh, Commander Riker from Star Trek today. Do I get to wear um, men's shapewear? <laughs> they, they girdled him pretty heavily through the last couple seasons, didn't they? That's right. That's right. As the beard got bushier, the girdle got tighter. Tighter, tighter. <laughs> yeah. The Riker, the Riker post. You're you're now the official Riker of today's show. Okay. Uh, Dave Ferguson, you know who Dave Ferguson is? He's from uh, Raw Story. And and I, I have to publicly acknowledge the fact that were it not for my good friend David Ferguson, 
I would not be writing for Salon.com today. So I, I thank you for that. I really do. I really have to publicly thank you for the fact that you introduced me to the editors at Salon.com a couple of years ago. And I'm oh, still you uh, like me. You really like me. <laughs> I Well, I mean, for God's sake, you gave me a gig, kind of. Yeah. And then also, I mean, I don't know how long uh, our listeners have been following the uh, political blogotubes, but back in the, the 2000s, during the... Uh, during the Bush administration, you were known as T Rex. That was sort of your yes. your handle. You were you were the so we have the T Rex. So you're like you're like a political blogosphere 1.0 veteran. How does uh, it feel? I mean, how I mean, for all this time, uh, all this time has gone by. It's been 11 years since we first met because we first met at the C- God damn. This sounds so dated. It sounds like budget like old. T- I should have like old timey music playing here or something like. Back in the old days of the Bush years, in circa 2006, CNN held a uh, like a like a blogger room for the midterms, for like the day of the the big 2006 midterms, and that's where we met. You were representing a site there, and then I was representing. I think I was there for the Huffington Post. Believe it. Yep. <laughs> that was when the Huffington Post was still really teeny tiny before AOL and everything like that. And we uh, and you had an onion on your belt. Which was the style at the time. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, it was uh, it was a long time ago, but we've been friends ever since. We met there uh, at the uh, CNN blogger room. I forget exactly yes. what they called it. Um, so, and and I know you're sitting in Chez's seat today. We, we lost Chez, uh, I don't know how many days ago it was, a week and a half ago. And uh, I know you had something, you, you have sort of a simpatico with, with Chez. You have something that you wanted to add here in terms of, uh, of, of Chez's, uh, shall we say, substance issues. Yeah. I had an accident with some liquor and a bottle of pills for about seven years. Oh, and God. It was ugly. Uh, yeah. You know, but I just know that, um, you know, I'm a former addict, alcoholic, and I know a lot of people have been struggling with their staying sober since the election. I've, you know, seen people talking about it. I've got a friend here in Athens who yeah. relapsed and started drinking again and Ugh. fell on the stairs at her house and broke her neck. Um, she's going to be okay, oh but she's in a medically induced coma now. It's just the disease, the disease of addiction is a killer yeah. and it will eat you alive and destroy everything you care about. And if you're out there listening and you have relapsed since the election or you're finding that your drinking and using has gotten out of control since the election or you just need to talk to somebody about it, please get help. Yeah, yeah. Because there are lots of people out there who want to help um, and he'll do it for free. And I'm, Go not, ahead. I'm not being flippant when I say this. I wonder if there is some kind of support line for, for people who are um, who are being triggered by the election. I mean, that kind of specific case seems to me as if it's it's kind of rampant. I mean, because everywhere I go, I'm hearing from people about how the consequences of the election, not necessarily election day itself, but the, the entire notion of having this ugliness, this sickness in the United States right now, this, uh, this support somehow for this crazy person who is, by all accounts, a monster, Obviously, yeah. that's going to that's going to trigger people. That's going to make people want to resort to some of their worst demons and, and reconnect with those demons. I, I, there should be something that helps people through that specifically, because it seems like a very specific kind of thing that a lot of people are, are dealing with. I think it's just the anger itself at watching like, you know, 
the institutions that we hold dear in terms of democracy and, yeah. you know, independent branches of government and all that, you know, it just makes people super angry and rage and anger are like, they're just, you know, for addicts and alcoholics, they're really destructive emotions. You can't like indulge them and, and, you know, snuggle up to them and be like, I'm just going to cuddle with my demons tonight instead of wrestling with them. <laughs> right. You know, it's not, you know, it's just dangerous. And um, how are you handling it uh, specifically? I mean, how are you dealing with this awfulness? Because I know, like, as I mentioned at the top of the show, we both were deeply ensconced in the blogosphere during the Bush years. So we've been covering this kind of crap for a long time with insane Republicans. But this we've we've now moved way beyond anything that we could have possibly imagined during the Bush years. And how are you dealing with that personally and professionally? Well, uh, personally, Oh, you know, I should say before we go any further, I am not here as a spokesman for Raw Story. Like, not, the views oh, expressed right, yeah. herein do not respect, do not, you know, correspond to the views of Raw Story. I'm That's meeting right, yeah. with you in my capacity as a U.S. senator and not as a campaign surrogate, <laughs> like Jeff Sessions. Can um, I, just, I just call you Kellyanne for the rest of the show, can I? Yeah, okay. And I will just proceed to lie about everything, um, including what I had for breakfast. Because, I mean, for the first month after the election, you know, like working eight hours of chronicling how this was going was kind of like getting dragged behind a tractor through a field of mud and pig poop yeah, for yeah. eight hours. But I am in a rock band again. That's what I'm doing. I um, you oh, know, go great. to practice and scream for two hours through a PA, and I'm teaching <laughs> myself to play p- piano and keyboards for the first time in my life at 40 wow. years of age. <laughs> um, and for that period of time, I just completely, you know, when I'm sitting at the piano or I'm at practice or I'm working on music, I just forget about politics that's super smart and i box i run i'm you know i've got my boxing teacher is teaching me now how to kick a man in the head which is exciting (laughs) thrilling do you Uh, put like a uh do you put like a hideous blonde wig on the uh on the boxing equipment so you can take extra (laughs) put extra oomph into every punch because you know like you're just wailing away at an image of donald trump i would do that but i I have to change the faces you know (laughs) yeah some days it's donald trump some days it's you know, uh, Richard Spencer. Some days it's James O'Keefe. Just whoever. Jesus. Yeah, James comes O'Keefe. To mind. Jesse Waters. Got to mix in Jesse Waters in there. Oh yeah, talk about a punchable face. <laughs> oh God, yes. I mean, Ches. You, I, we were gonna do when Ches was on the show. We used to do this uh, thing where we'd fantasize about putting together a GoFundMe uh, to to fly Ches to New York to punch Jesse Waters in the face. Oh, <laughs> so no, we I were that... originally gonna figure out a way to do that at some point. Maybe we'll have to do it with you, Dave. Maybe we'll have to send would, you to I New would, York to punch Jesse. You know, I feel like, though, Jesus. like when you do that, that kind of thing, the conservatives, they love that so much. They're just itching to be victimized. They just love to talk about the mean yeah. old liberals and how we're just so intolerant mm-hmm. um, and we won't let them have their freedom of speech. Um, you know, because I was looking at the Roger Stone, you know, he got suspended from Twitter. I mean, and Roger oh, yeah. Stone is like... Roger Stone playing the wounded party and being like, I'm being oppressed. My free speech rights are being trampled is possibly the most unintentionally hilarious irony of the 21st century. What is? I mean, what do you think his deal? What's the deal with Roger Stone? Because he's really he's he's a colorful character. Shall we put it that way? He's an odd guy. And he's obviously we've got some news here today from uh 
from the whole Russia hacking story um, where Roger Stone evidently was communicating with Guccifer 2.0, the hacker collective that uh, is connected to Russian intelligence. Uh, Roger Stone was having communication with him. At all. I mean, if there's like a dirty, smelly, sleazy mess in the Republican Party anywhere in the last 45 years, it's Roger Stone is somewhere nearby. Yeah. You know, but did you see the thing in the smoking gun about how he and his wife were swingers? That's like really, really fascinating stuff. I want to read you some of this. Let that's me see if I can. Cr- find that's insane, it. Roger Stone. See, that's what, on the other uh, on Tuesday's show. We were uh, <laughs> we were thinking about uh, Mark Levin having sex, and now we're going to have a show in which we're imagining Roger Stone having sex. This is going to. Uh, <laughs> this is going, do not start eating your lunch or dinner. No, I'm just trying to imagine. I don't think Mark Levin has. I mean, if Mark Levin has sex, it's in all caps. You know, <laughs> it's like <laughs> you've got organs here. I don't know what to do with these organs. What am I supposed to do? Do I touch them? Grab them? What do I do? Do I throw things at them? I don't understand any of this. So Mark Levin just completely not getting what sex is. That's the that's the the clean way to go about it. So, but Roger okay. Stone was obviously DMing back and forth through Guccifer 2.0 before the election. Jesus, God! I, I wonder if he's engaging you know, the whole in like problem with with Roger Stone. This is this is Roger Stone's <laughs> essential problem, and okay. no offense, Bob, but yeah. Roger Stone is a straight man who th- thinks he's a, a snappy dresser, and <laughs> he is. A, he, wears, he does he think he's terrible, a, like department store dad clothes, and you can yeah. tell he's like been preening for hours in the mirror over this. But let me just share this with you. Yeah. Smoking gun. By, oh, by the way, I just I want to mention whoever was in my Twitter feed posting pictures of Roger Stone's nipples. For God's sake, please <clears throat> stop. No, <clears throat> no more. No, he needs to be like strong, bad. Yeah, and just like sand them off. Um, <laughs> in 1996, smoking gun. Stone was forced to resign a top post with Bob Dole's presidential campaign at the National Enquirer. Reported that he and his wife Nidia now 69, had placed numerous ads online and in Swingers magazine seeking single men and couples for group sex. One ad wow. described Stone as a bodybuilder and included a shirtless photo of him, which is where the nipples are coming from, I guess, with a black bar over his eyes. His wife is pictured topless in an accompanying image. Mm. Stone initially denied placing the ads, claiming that they were the work of a very sick individual, unquote, but years later admitted to the New Yorker that the ads were authentic and described himself as a libertine. Uh, <laughs> no, thank you. Oh my Wait, God, I'm going to be sick. Undaunted Jesus. by the old disaster, the Stones continued swinging in a December 2006 post on the site. The couple advertised for a male partner who must be 22 to 40, lean, muscular, and hung like a horse. Oh, wow. This ad, which included Stones' hotmail address, offered a graphic description of Nidia's body and the notation that obedient husband shares her uh, C word. Respondents <laughs> were directed to contact me slash us with a photo of face slash body slash meat. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. And you know what? This dovetails perfectly, Dave, with this story uh, today in Mediaite about Roger Stone denying that he had any Russian connections. But he did it on, uh, on the Joe Piscopo show. I had no idea that Joe Piscopo had a show, but here's yeah, what I, here's what Roger Stone said. He said, uh, "I didn't meet with any Russians. I don't know any Russians. I had no contact with any Russians. I don't have a Russian girlfriend. I've stopped eating Russian dressing." Now I'm thinking that eating Russian dressing 
Is it like a new sexual euphemism for Trump's collusion with Putin? How about that? <laughs> I, Trump I, is eating I Putin's dressing. Maybe that's what they have on that mattress. In the, <laughs> that's what you call it. Yeah. Um, I'm never eating Russian dressing ever again. Thank you very much. But he's just sort of volunteered that, like, I don't have a Russian girlfriend. It's like Jeff Sessions saying, you know, yeah. when they ask, what will you do if you come across some incriminating <laughs> materials connecting the Trump campaign to Russia? He's like, I- I've never met with any Russians, not one. I don't even know. You know, like, I had no connections with any Russians. I didn't talk to any Russians. And then Al Franken's like, I didn't ask you about any Russians. I didn't ask you if you talked to any Russians. Well, I didn't. I didn't talk. I didn't talk to any of them. I swear to God, I didn't. I didn't talk to Putin. I didn't talk. I like to call him Pooty Poot, but I never talked to him. Uh, so you're answering a question I didn't ask. I guess I am. Oh, God damn it. I got to tell you, though, the music that you're playing, that is the music that all Southerners, like, dread. <laughs> I know. You, this is, I mean, you live in the South, so I, I, I don't even know how you possibly cope with that all the time. It's Jesus not, I mean, Christ. I live in Athens, which, you know, is yeah. a little, little blue dot. Yeah, it's like it's like Austin. Big, yeah, it's a lot like Austin, actually. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, it's kind of wonderful. I mean, I'm sure that, you know, we've had, like, some attacks on immigrants and we've had an attack on a drag queen in downtown last week that you know it's coming with the territory of the new era of living in the trump age but still it's you know the south gets a bad rap i i could sit here and go on for hours about how many things that the south has contributed to your culture that you take for granted including rock and roll coca-cola and blue jeans (laughs) um but you know everyone likes to talk down about us. Well, I mean, the, the truth is that if you travel far enough outside of any metro area, no matter south, north, uh, southwest, east, co- David Cross, who actually isn't David Cross from Athens, too. He's from Athens, Georgia, as well. David Cross jokes about uh, the fact that if you drive that far out of any metro area, you're always going to hear that accent. Somehow it's always going to be, you know, you could be like, you could drive like half an hour outside of Seattle, Washington. And suddenly you've got right. this. All right, yeah, what, what do I? You want me to fill her up, or do you want me to just wash the windows? You know, something like that. You always right. run into those people. Any Walmart in the world, you hear somebody <laughs> say, "I want to have sex with the half of you that ain't my sister." <laughs> yeah. Right, right. <laughs> God. So I mean, it's got to be even worse in in some of these areas. And certainly, I mean, I live in Northern California. You drive far enough outside. Uh, the little metropolitan center here, and you do. You run into those people, and and it's really... Right now, they're all so empowered, and they all think that just because Donald Trump was elected president, they they now have tacit permission to just do and say whatever the hell awfulness that they want. And as you said, that's manifested itself in in quite a few horrible, horrible uh, hate crimes and anti-Semitism and all varieties of things that they've been saving up that that the the uh the, the, the sort of the it's trump so factions that, that we have like we've literally like rolled back 60 years like we're now yeah. fighting again for the same things that like the, our hippie baby boomer parents and grandparents fought over in yeah. terms of integration and women's rights and and now, and now we're like oh everyone hates the jews again that's so <laughs> retro <laughs> like, yeah everything old is new again isn't it and, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's funny when you look at uh, the history of politics, at least recent history, maybe in, in, in the expanse of our lifetimes, that things, some things just don't change. Even if you look back at uh, like a movie like All the President's Men or the book or uh, read about the Nixon administration, everything that happened 40 years ago 
is stuff that we're, yeah, it's stuff that we're talking about right now as if somehow, and again, this speaks, I think, to the short attention span and probably the the lack of long-term memory on behalf of many, many voters, which is that we just keep repeating the same things over and over again. You would think after George W. Bush for eight years that Republicans and the presidency would just simply not go together anymore. Like people would just remember, oh, last time we had a Republican president, kind of a mess. Kind of but, a see, disaster. This is, but this is the problem, Bob. This is the this is the amnesia of like the Fox News universe. Yeah. I mean, the, the Republicans have been helped along by their own propaganda network with right wing radio and Fox News for, you know, 30 years now. And yep. they just like there's no history, like nothing. There's no past and no future. It's the right. eternal now yep. of resentment. Oh, God. In yeah. Land. Yep. You know, it's just constantly like we're going to attack the president, you know, the President Obama for doing things that President Bush did. And then we're going to it's just it's this constant. And, you know, and it really has like it, it's ended up giving us like soft, weak Republicans like mm. Ted Cruz, who's a joke. I mean, the guy's a joke. He's <laughs> yeah. a shiny faced eggplant of a joke. I mean, he's just that's he's. <laughs> And in any other universe, he would have been laughed out of, you know, consideration for anything but like municipal dog catcher, maybe. Yeah. But in the Fox News universe, he's this bold new voice, even though he's got absolutely nothing to say beyond green eggs and ham. And (laughs) right. And even that he got wrong. He got the green eggs and ham thing wrong in that film. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, they, green, they, green eggs and ham and uh, missing the point entirely. Yes, it did. <laughs> Precisely. All right. We got to uh, uh, pause here. Uh, but, oh, God. Yeah, I mean, he's got one of those faces. Talk about a Jesse Waters punch me face. What's the German word? Backpfeifengesicht. Is, that, is there really a word for punch me face yes. in German? Yes, oh. it's a face crying out for a fist. Oh my God. Re- repeat that word again. I'm not sure I'm pronouncing it right. I, you know, I studied. <laughs> it's back Gesicht. <laughs> I love it. I'm gonna have to use that from now on. Uh, but meantime, we got to talk about Harry's razors here. It's my favorite. Uh, my favorite razor brand. I mean, for for so many years, and people have been hearing me talk about this on the show for a while now, but. For so many years, I was using those horrible blue plastic disposable razors and just raking the hell out of my face. And and it's just the worst razors. So now Harry's comes along and I get the best razors for the lowest price. A smooth, clean shave from a blade that glides like butter and comes right to my door at half the cost of the big name brands. That's what I love about shaving uh, with products from Harry's. From the hefty balanced handle that fits in your hand to the precision engineered five blade cartridges that come with a lubricating strip, a trimmer blade, and a travel cover to Harry's rich lathering shave gel. It all started when Harry's founders Jeff and Andy got tired of getting ripped off on blade prices. One big company in particular jacked their prices again and again and made a fortune while we spent a fortune on those blades, like the horrible ones I used to buy. Jeff and Andy quickly discovered the problem. The middleman, of course, right? They bought their own factory as a uh, solution, one that's been making blades for over 100 years, so they can ship top-quality blades directly to you. The result? Quality products at your door for half of what you've been paying, and that's the Harry's story. Become a part of it. Go to harrys.com right now and try their new shave set free of charge. You just pay shipping. Sign up at harrys.com slash B-O-B-C. That's the new promo code, harrys.com slash B-O-B-C. And because you're a loyal listener to this podcast, Harry's will even throw in a free post-shave bomb. But only if you log in right now. Right now. Harry's.com slash B-O-B-C.
Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Welcome back to our Thursday show. Thank you for joining us today. Really, really appreciate it. Okay. Sorry, it's an instinct for Athens people. You just have to automatically I know. sing along. Well, I played this for you, Athens own uh, Aria. I know it's like such a cliche, but you know, last night I went out and saw um, the first show in Cindy Wilson from the B fifty twos tour. Yeah, she's got a solo thing going. Oh, it's it so great. good. Yeah, it's yeah. really good. Like the whole room was just like jumping and dancing, and it's like really funky. Oh, that um, sounds awesome. God, I mean, and she is still, her voice still sounds amazing. amazing. But it's not, it's not like she's 90 years old or anything like that. So it shouldn't come as a surprise. But boy, she sounds. It was her 60th birthday last night. They brought a cake out on the stage. Was it her 60th? And I've been sitting there watching her the whole time going, what is she now? 47, 48? Like she looks oh so God. good. Look at her skin. And then they're like, happy birthday. She's like, it's the big six. Oh, 60. That's insane. They're yeah. like all of our pop culture heroes are like turning 60 now. That's just, it's, it's scary. It's scary and disconcerting. Um, you know, I think I, I have the opposite. I'm like, you know, maybe I'll still be culturally viable and making good work when I'm 60. That would be awesome. Yeah, I know. You but know? I mean, you know, it's like that's why I played that uh, Seinfeld bit at the top of the show, because I figure as long as they keep ringing the bell, we got to keep making all the stops. <laughs> that's that's my <laughs> sort of my philosophy. As long as Trump keeps ringing the bell, I got to make all the stops. We have to keep talking about him. We have to keep talking about all this insanity. So. Uh, one of those things, actually, is uh, on uh, Tuesday's show, we talked about Trump's tweet regarding the 122 vicious prisoners that Obama released from Gitmo. This was Trump's big tweet uh, on Tuesday. And, of course, we learned immediately after that, anyone who looked it up on the Director of National Intelligence website knows that it was George W. Bush who released 113 uh, detainees from Gitmo who returned to the quote-unquote terrorism battlefield. Ugh. And uh, and and so, kind of speculated on Tuesday's show that Trump may have gotten this from his primary news source, which is horrifying. Fox and Friends. That Trump got Trump may have gotten this from Fox and Friends was our speculation. And of course, I looked it up afterwards. I did the timing. Sure enough. Sure enough. Fox and Friends. Fox and Friends reported on uh, Gitmo. Did, like, what's what's here's what's really crazy about the Gitmo thing. And this tweet and what Donald Trump saw on Fox and Friends at 630 in the morning, Tuesday morning. Mm. It was the fact that the report was it maybe a 30 second clip. And it was about how United States airstrikes took out a guy in Yemen who had been released from Gitmo and had returned to terrorism. That was that was the story. But instead of Donald Trump ballyhooing and bragging about the fact that they got a guy who and this this guy that they got in Yemen was actually a guy who Obama released. He was one of the nine people that Obama released that ended up back in the in, in, on the battlefield. And instead of talking about that, Donald Trump instead attacked Obama for uh, for releasing all these prisoners, getting the facts entirely wrong, getting the numbers entirely wrong uh, based on like, I don't know, instead of. Instead of bragging that they got one and that, that Donald Trump got a guy from that was released from Gitmo, instead he attacked Obama for this bogus number that they still have yet to correct. But the fact is that we did verify that it was Fox and Friends. So I mean, it, come on, it's a noun, a verb, and attack Obama. I mean, that's <laughs> exactly just, right. 
I saw a guy from the Daily Beast this morning on CNN who was talking about how like Obama is waging this war from behind the scenes against the Trump presidency. Did you see the guy? I can't oh, remember God. his name right now. He's like a conservative writer, and he was just like, it's highly unusual for a former president to be this extensively manipulated. And I was just like, Ugh. he was on an island for a month. Yeah, but- you know, did you see the meme going around, Dave, where they were talking, there was a, a guy observing that uh, uh, here's Obama's great plan for <laughs> for wiretapping Donald Trump. Step number one, wiretap Donald Trump. Step number two, do nothing about it. Step number three, let him get elected. Step number four, say nothing about it still afterwards. Like, it's like this is the dumbest plan. Profit. Yeah, profit, exactly. Yeah. Step number five, profit. Uh, but I mean, this is this is so phenomenally dumb that we even have to talk about this. And that's, you know, again, I still think, and going back to Chez, this is one of the things that drove Chez crazy was the fact that he was going to have to spend the next four years swatting down this insanity, this stuff that Trump is getting from Fox and Friends, these conspiracy theories that he's getting from Breitbart or Alex Jones. And that, I mean, I think to a lot of people, that is really discouraging. Congress, like, go find my fever dream. Like, you know, here, I need you to investigate this thing that I pulled out of my ass. Like- exactly. And, and what makes it so maddening is now we've got this extra layer of, uh, <laughs> of Sean Spicer. So, little spicy is there every day now this week, just deflecting and sidestepping all of these questions about, you know, Trump's accusation that Obama wiretapped Trump Tower. Now, what's entertaining about this is we see all these White House reporters. I don't know if you've seen the footage. They're trying like a thousand different ways to explain to Sean Spicer that Trump claims to have the evidence. Right. If he's got if he's got the evidence, why yeah. does he need it investigated? It's like yeah, there's a Hallie Jackson or something like or Katie Turr is sitting in a White House press room and just like trying to different ways to demonstrate the point to Sean Spicer to try to get him to admit something. It's like okay, well here, uh, Sean, we've got this thing here. Like Donald Trump says he's got all this evidence, and we've I've represented all of the evidence here with a pile of turds. All right, so Donald Trump says he's got this pile of turds. That's the evidence. Now Donald Trump is asking Congress to find the turds that he already has. That's that's how insane this is, Mr. Spicer. And Sean Spicer's like, well, I don't know what, you know, it, maybe he did. And then they try it again. It's like a Zen riddle, you <laughs> know? It's like, what is the sound of yeah. one file leaking? You know, like... Uh, <sighs> just they, they they keep trying to explain it to him, and they did, they just can't get an answer out of him. And they never will, of course. But that's it's so entertaining to watch them explain over and over again. And, you know, like, for example, like with the uh, the uh, Gitmo claim, Sean Spicer's answer to the Gitmo claim, the, uh, the Trump's Gitmo tweet was obviously the president meant in totality the number that had been released on the battlefield. So it's constant triage. Oh, obviously. It's, yeah, <laughs> obviously. Of course. We all get that from what Trump said, of course. Um then, and in one sense, a friend of mine, I was at the show last night, and he's like, how are things in the political blogging world? It's exciting, isn't it? And I was yeah. like, you know, like, no. in a certain sense, yes, watching yeah. American history unfold in real time is exhilarating mm-hmm. after a fashion, but so is escaping from a burning car. Yeah. You know, you don't yeah. really want to do it every day. Um, but it just is, you know, it's almost like where I'm scared to turn off the computer and go to bed sometimes because I'm going to oh, wake yeah. up and 
you know, like a few weeks ago, you wake up, oh, they fired the attorney general last night. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I do something every night now that I never used to do prior to Trump, even during the campaign. I actually go to Twitter and check Twitter like seconds before I go to bed at night just to make sure <laughs> nothing new has come down. But I think the, the thing that is so disconcerting to me and the thing that stresses me out the most, and again, I'm still trying to find ways to to deal with this on a personal level, which is knowing that something horrendous, something truly, truly bad is just around the corner. It's like there is some, Bill Maher compared it to watching a child play with a handgun. Like at right. some point, you know something horrible is going to happen. And I mean, when I say horrible, beyond a tweet or beyond an executive order, something, I mean, we've got North no, Korea there will be an up. attack or there'll be a yeah. pandemic or there'll be something that requires the White House and the federal government to mobilize. Yeah. And the fact that they've been in constant crisis since July, I mean, since January 21st when they inaugurated the guy and it's all been self-induced. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And that's the problem that a lot of this has to do simply with the destabilizing element that is Donald Trump. Donald Trump is a massively destabilizing character. And, and with, when the system is so destabilized, really anything can happen. I mean, I was a few weeks ago, I was predicting mushroom, like we would see a mushroom cloud at some point. Maybe it would be a nuclear test. Maybe it would be some sort of attack. We don't know. But this is the kind of world we live in now where we've skewed off into some sort of alternative timeline. And I, I always <laughs> refer to Donald Trump as Biff on Twitter because this is like the alternative 1985 and Back to the Future Part 2 where right. Biff is now in control of Hill Valley. Now, Biff, don't con me. And it's not I supposed to I want to go to the other reality. I know. It's, you know, where we're debating back. about whether or not President Clinton's, you know, platform is inclusive enough yeah. of, you know, trans women of color. Exactly. Like, like, oh, God damn it. Why doesn't Barack Obama sell his successes a little more often? You know, it's like those kinds of discussions. We were on Tuesday's show. We were talking about how eight years ago, I mean, the big complaint about Obama eight years ago was that he had that he liked arugula. Like this was the big right. problem, and 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 brown mustard on his on his burger, and, and heaven for me, Burger Gate. Oh yeah, Burger Gate. Uh, I really enjoyed your fancy burger, Mister President. <laughs> horrible, and then the like the outrage when he wore that tan suit, and here we are with a president. And now where it's like the outrage is like, do, do do we still have a State Department? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is here. It's gotten so bad that Mark Hamill, of all people, Mark Hamill, who is is a great guy, really political. And look, I don't think said a single word between 1984 and 2016. He's he's recording bits and he's making fun of Trump. I mean, here's before we break. I want to play this. uh, This is the latest Mark Hamill uh, performance uh, reading Don- one of Donald Trump's tweets as the Joker, but in this case, he's renamed the Joker the Trumpster. Terrible! Just found out that Obama had my wires tapped in Trumpster Tower just before the victory. Nothing found. <laughs> this is McCarthyism. Is it legal for a sitting president to be wiretapping a race for president prior to an election? Turned down by court earlier? A new low. I'd bet a good lawyer could make a great case out of the fact that President Obama was tapping my phone in October just prior to election. How low has President Obama gone to tap my phones during the very sacred election process? This is Nixon Watergate. Bad or sick guy. <laughs> Ha 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 ha!
Holy crap. On that note, one more break. Back with more show right after this. Where good doctors have bold ideas. Voucher Hospital. Brought to you by Sean's Spicy Meatballs. Small balls. Big flavor. Nurses to the nurses' station. Dr. Ryan. Sorry I'm late. I had to get in 30 more reps with the barbells. What do we have, nurse? Here's her chart, doctor. Mm-hmm. It looks like she needs a new kidney. If you don't mind, nurse, I'll do the diagnosis around here. Yes, doctor. Well, it looks like you need a new kidney. What? Fortunately, you're covered by the slightly less affordable care act. You'll only have to pay 90% of the operation. Well, I, I guess that's better than nothing. Um... I'll just text my husband and let him know, honey. Wait, what's this, nurse? You're witnessing this, right? Thousand dollars. She's got an iPhone. What? Orderly. Yes, doctor. Get this big spender out of here huh? right away. What the? Doctor, Wait, you're not going to treat me? You should have thought of that before you bought your fancy phone. Whoa, 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 whoa! What's happening to me? That was a close one, doctor. Huh, I'll say. I didn't bust my butt through medical school just to be taken advantage of by some freeloader with a mobile device. Now, show me to the patients with means ward. Stat. Will Dr. Ryan ever rid his ward of smartphone slackers? Tune in tomorrow to Voucher Hospital. Shove Bob Seska into your pants and haul him around with you wherever you go. <laughs> Subscribe to the Bob Seska Show in the podcast section on iTunes. Ah, uh, thank you, Rocky Mountain Mike, for Voucher Hospital. That was awesome. All right, the second half of today's show is brought to you by the BobSuska.com Amazon link. If you want to go shopping at Amazon.com, use our link. Go to BobSuska.com just beneath the logo. You'll see a link. It says Amazon link in all big capital letters. If you click on that logo, it takes you right to the front page of Amazon.com. You go shopping as normal. Search for anything you want. They've got everything there. And we get a small commission from everything you buy. It costs you nothing extra, and it helps support the show. So thank you for doing that. Okay, so uh, speaking of, of healthcare. Did you see David David Ferguson from Raw Story joining us uh, today? Um, hey. Did, did you see this piece of legislation that was introduced in the House of Representatives by not Jeff Sessions, but Congressman Pete Sessions? It is known as, this is the actual title of H.R. 1275. It is called The World's Greatest Healthcare Plan. This is uh, the uh, one of the several replacement pieces of legislation for Obamacare. Again, it was introduced by uh, Pete Sessions of the Texas 32nd uh, on the 1st of March. And we're just now learning about this. Uh, it's going to go to uh, energy and commerce, ways and means, education and the workforce. But it's called the world's greatest health care plan of 2017. That's what it's come down to. So you have the Paul Ryan bill, which was introduced the other day, the American Health Care Act. Yeah, I've been adding the yeah of that. But the world's greatest health care plan deserves the yeah. World's greatest health care plan of 2017. Yeah, that's what it should be called. Why stop? I swear I heard somebody say terrific care. Or something. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That was that's the joke going around that Donald Trump's going to replace Obamacare with just something terrific. It's going to be very, yeah. very tremendous. <laughs> Idiot. Which, of course, yeah, never mind that the, the t- first part of the word is the same as terrify. The thing is, I just what I resent the hell out of is the fact that Donald Trump is 
this is his one of his signature things. This is one of the top five things that he wants to do as president. And he knows nothing about it. He doesn't know anything about health care. He doesn't know anything about Obama. <laughs> oh, no. It could be so complicated. Like, oh, yeah. Nobody knew that. Nobody knew it was I mean, there was a total like, thank God you figured out that it's complicated health care. Well, I mean, here's this is an actual this is an actual tw- uh, comment about. Trump care. This is about the uh, American Health Care Act. This is Donald Trump talking about this would be signature piece of legislation and knowing nothing about it. So let's bring in this music here. So here's what Donald Trump said about Trump care. So we're going to do something that's great. And I'm proud to support the replacement plan released by the House of Representatives and encouraged by members of both parties. That's wrong. Both parties hate it. (laughs) He continued by saying, I think really that we're going to have something that's going to be much more understood and much more popular than people can people can even imagine. (laughs) It's gonna be much more popular than people can even imagine. Sure. It follows the guidelines I laid out in my congressional address. A plan that will lower costs, expand choices, increase competition, and ensure healthcare access for all Americans. It won't do any of those things, and everyone's yeah, looking at magic. it. Saying, yeah, it's a magic plan. It's not going to do any of it. Uh, and then he continues on. This, this, is, where, this is the thing. Though. This is where I mean, and this is kind of like if there were things weren't so urgent, I would be amused by the fact that you know for eight years or seven years the Republicans in Congress were like you know working on their big double album. <laughs> we're gonna like repeal <laughs> yeah. Obamacare and make our own plan, and sure enough, it hits the shelves, and it's you know Chinese democracy. That's right. Like it's, <laughs> it's Chinese democracy. Talk. Holy hell, that's exactly right. Yep. China. Like here's our big magnum opus. Like we've waited for you know. Oh, and it's, you know, yeah. Well, here's, I mean, okay. it gets, this Trump quote gets even worse. This is when he starts to, because you know, with, in Donald Trump's universe, words have no meaning. That's why things like the world's greatest healthcare plan of 2017 becomes a thing. You know, it's like right. we can say like every, or we're going to replace the environment with something terrific. You know, these words have no meaning anymore. Nobody is, is, is less anti-Semitic than Donald Trump. Words have no meaning. And here's where Donald Trump just runs out of things to say. He, co- he continues on. This will be a plan where you can choose your doctor. This will be a plan where you can choose your plan. And you know what that plan is. This is the plan. We're going to have a tremendous, I think we're going to have a tremendous success. It's a complicated process, but actually it's very simple. It's called good health care. That makes no sense whatsoever. So let's recap. It's like the 80 monkeys typing. (laughs) (laughs) Get about, get a hundred chimps in a row. The guy only knows 250 words. That's right. And you think that he could put them together in better order. Well, we've always compared it to uh, like a a kid who's got to do like an essay exam and hasn't studied. And it's just like uh, the Platt Amendment of 1850 is the greatest amendment ever to be passed by a guy named Platt. That's basically the how he's like, I, Donald, I don't think you studied. He's like, you didn't study. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is a, it's a complicated uh, process, but it's actually very simple. So it's both complicated and simple. And in that respect, it's called good health care. Uh, th- there's no way. It's just amazing to me that the, there's the no Republican way. Party and, our, and the White House and the Congress and everything is completely occupied right now purely <laughs> on the basis of, I know you are, but what am I? Exactly. You know, like, Exactly right. Exactly. It's opposite day with everything. And that goes back to what you were saying with regard to the eternal now. In order to get right. through the eternal now, 
it just say the opposite of what the opposition is saying. Just say the opposite of what the Democrats are saying or, or the Obama White House or there is no policy platform anymore. It's all about just saying the opposite of everybody else. It's I know you are, but what am I? God damn it. Um, by the way, the, I, I predicted this the other day. I said the next step with health care is going to be to undermine the veracity of the Congressional Budget Office. Because, of course, the CBO is going to come out and say this uh, American Health Care Act, fuck yeah, is not a tenable piece of legislation. <laughs> it's going to kick uh, 10 million people off their health insurance. It's going to send costs five trillion dollars. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's going to balloon the deficit. Costs are going to rise. Premiums are going to rise out of control. Nothing is going to is going to happen as advertised, of course, because when you get people in office who hate government, they're going to be bad at government. That's just kind of how it works. Um, Bill, I mean, well, here's the discouraging thing about this. Um, the White House is already saying that the CBO has no influence, has no validity. They're starting to throw this out there. Uh, Spicy, Sean Spicer said, uh, I believe this was yesterday. He said, anyone that can actually do basic math can understand that their projections for Obamacare the last time were way, way off the mark. When they come out with this score with regard to the American Health Care Act, we need to understand the track record when it comes to health care. So already they're suggesting that the CBO's uh, vetting, the scoring yeah, it's, uh, on Obamacare was totally off. So how could it possibly be accurate this time around? So, again, and you're going to have added to that with Donald Trump in the mix. Oh, they're just it's the failed CBO. They're losers. It's just political. They're with the. It's rigged. The CBO is rigged. That's absolutely. I guess the question happen. is like, how long is this really sustainable? Yeah, I know. That's like, what do we think is going to happen? I, and and I'm gonna like my personal prediction is that August September he'll resign. I think that he will leave office. Trump, I mean, yeah, not spicy. Spicy's going to get fired probably in the next month. Oh yeah, but uh, spicy. I just I feel like he. He's going to leave office like one step ahead of like criminal charges, Mm -hmm. right? And then Pence will pardon him. And, you know, when he steps down, he's going to give a big whiny baby speech about how the media (laughs) and the career bureaucrats ruined it for him and how he can better serve the country from the private sector Mm -hmm. and probably spend the rest of his life in litigation. Yeah. But then we have President Pence, and that doesn't do anything about like the Republican Party that enabled this to happen. Right. I don't know. Or maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he'll well, no, be I mean, there for four years and we'll all be like huddled in smoking ruins, like trying to steal food from cockroaches. Uh, you know, I, I, I think it's possible. I think it's possible that the congressional Republicans will go to him and say, hey, look, you got to you got to step aside. And if you don't step aside, we're going to just block your entire agenda. We're going to make your life miserable. We're going to have investigations. We're going to do all this stuff. And that would be the subtext. But of course, Donald Trump. Is but not- what's the incentive for them? Well, the, There's the, no incentive. Well, the incentive Wait, is the incentive is that they don't have to they don't have to swat down the insanity anymore. They can just do they can pursue the agenda just through Mike Pence, who who won't have all of the erratic tweeting and the conspiracy theories and all that crap, which is actually good for everybody. Though it's kind of not, there is an and this goes to what you were saying with regard to doing your job to blogging and so forth. There, there is something to be said for having an insane enemy to write about. There is an advantage there. It's like you'd, ru- you'd much rather have the House of Representatives investigating someone than a special prosecutor because the House of Representatives always overreaches. They always overstep right. their bounds. And so and therefore, it's so easy to say, you know what? This is so political. They're so full of shit. 
we just don't want this. Uh, so <laughs> they're crazy. They're crazy people. And you can't do that necessarily with a special prosecutor. So, uh, but you know, as long as Trump is there, we have this constant risk of something absolutely off the charts, insane happening. See also previous mushroom. I, just, cloud. I would think that, I mean, I think that like, our current Republican party is incapable of that kind of foresight. Yeah. I don't, I don't think they, I mean, until something awful happens, in fact, and you know they will continue to deny the awful happen thing, the thing the awful thing that's happening until it like the water like crests their upper lip and they begin <laughs> to you know like yeah. I mean it's because they're getting all this cover mm. to like pass all their privatization stuff and you know to freaking like you know privatize the air in our lungs and the yeah. rainwater while you know everyone's busy watching the White House because it's a freak show. <laughs> I th- think that they see this as a marvelous opportunity to implement yeah. their agenda while we're all concentrated on the histrionics and you know chaos and want in the white house well the problem is is they have to concentrate on it too and so i think it's a mutual disadvantage as far as distractions go i think the just as we have but to swat that they're down, already, so already set up for their plausible deniability with yeah. him like when he fails you know and whatever happens happens they can always say well he was never really a republican because you know that's like their old fallback i mean after the bush years it was all like you know conservatism did not fail we yeah. failed conservatism right. you know and it's right. just gonna, it's gonna be i just ugh. well you know we got to take one last break but i, I do want to pick up on that line of thinking and there's also one conservative who is always wrong who had something to say about the american health care act and i want to get into that right after uh last break back with more show right after this friends of romans of bubbleheads lend me your tubs We come to banish dirt, not to raise it. The evil that some soaps do lives after them. Their good is oft washed down the drain. So let it not be with Bubble Genius. It's the Ides of March, and Bubble Genius celebrates our world's rich history this March 15th, a.k.a. the day the world said, See you later, Caesar, with our bloodbath bubble bath. Have your own worldly wash in our bubbly, sweet-smelling bubble bath, without all that bother of doing anyone in. So toss on a toga, lay on your laurel, and bubble down with us. Bloodbath by Bubble Genius, the home of natural and fun bath and body products. Beware the Ides of surfactants. Only at BubbleGenius.com. I'm Mark Antony, and I approve this message. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Welcome back today. All right, so I got to talk about this for a second because... It's a little concerning. It's it's on the surface, it's encouraging, but then when you think about it, it's like, oh God. Bill Crystal on uh, Fox and no, it wasn't Fox and Press. It was uh, Morning Joe. Bill Crystal was on Morning Joe, and he said the American Health Care Act, f- yeah, will never get a vote because it's just a mm. disaster. This is a Bill Crystal. So it'll never get a vote. That means it's going to get a vote tomorrow. Exactly. That's exactly Bill what said it said. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously means that because Bill Crystal is always wrong. Bill Crystal is always wrong, so therefore it'll it'll actually pass. And uh, thanks, Bill. He's another another Zen riddle. Like, how can things be wrong before you even say them? I don't know. It's Bill Crystal. Like, <laughs> absolutely. God damn it. That I, I, whenever I think of Bill Crystal is always wrong, I always think about the ultimate Rachel Maddow Act One uh, essay that she did. 
as one of her just amazing sort of 20 minutes essays where it starts one place and ends at another place. Uh, mm. It's almost like the first five minutes of The Simpsons. You don't, you don't know where the hell it's going to go. And uh, and in this case, Rachel Maddow started out talking about Carnival. No, it wasn't Carnival Cruises. I think it was Princess Princess Cruises, something like that. It was one of the cruise uh, uh, cruise liners. And uh, and then it eventually ended with Bill Crystal is always wrong. Somehow it got from <laughs> Carnival Cruise to Bill Crystal is always wrong by way of Sarah Palin and the Iraq War. <laughs> Don't even ask me how she connected all those dots, but somehow miraculously she she did. So you know, I haven't read the essay, but I think I know the answer. What, what didn't the didn't the the National Review do one of their like cruises? Yeah, which I can't imagine anything worse. Yeah, well, like it was the like, National like going on a boat with the people from the national review with no escape exactly um, and one of the stops was alaska Fairbanks. yeah it was it yeah. was uh where, where it was wasilla they went to i think they went to wasilla or anchorage where they met with bill crystal and a bunch of other conservative operatives got off the boat and went and met with sarah palin and that's how god damn it what a weird twisty world we live in she said hello little boy would you like some turkish delight and <laughs> jesus and it was all over there. <laughs> Would you like some Russian it always winter and never Christmas? <laughs> All right, here. Before we wrap up the show, I got to mention this because this is big news today. Uh, this Ukrainian operative who met with Paul Manafort. Speaking of Rachel Maddow, this is something that she covered uh, last night in her first act on, on the Rachel Maddow show on MSNBC. It was based on this uh, political article out today. U.S. and Ukrainian authorities have been, have expressed interest in the new activities or in the activities of a Kiev-based operative with suspected ties to Russian intelligence who consulted regularly with Paul Manafort last year while Manafort was running Donald Trump's presidential campaign. The operative Konstantin Kalimnik came under scrutiny from officials at the Federal Bureau of Investigation and the State Department, partly because of at least two trips he took to the U.S. during the presidential campaign. The upshot of all of this is there looks to be a quid pro quo with regard to the Republican platform that softened right. on Ukraine or softened on Russia's posture regarding Ukraine. Was the only thing the Trump people wanted to change in the Republican Party platform exactly. that they came up with. Yep, and and so uh, the uh, the tit for tat here <laughs> is that uh, in exchange for that, Russia helped Donald Trump get elected. That's the that's the theory as it stands right now. And as Rachel said uh, last night, all the puzzle pieces are starting to click into place. And if you're not watching that first twenty minutes of Rachel every night. You're not you're not getting the full story because she's been able to put this all together in a way that fits so perfectly. And at the risk of sounding like Alex Jones, it's it's hard to. Alex Jones. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We could. Do, that's what we have to do. That on the post, we have to do, do dueling Alex Joneses because you do an Alex Jones voice, I do an Alex Jones voice. We've just run out of time on the free show. We're going to have to do it. We're going to have to delay that to the uh, to the postmortem show in just a few minutes. But Jesus, God, I mean, that's the, the, the hidden bonus track. I mean, there there is a risk in the uh, in this sounding like a kooky conspiracy theory, but it's not. Everything is. But why is it that every time anyone asks anybody involved a direct question, they immediately turn into the most like the yep. you know like that Carter Page guy who's yep. like, I can neither deny nor con you know. It's like <laughs> yeah, he was like he was like Martin Short's old character. Remember uh, Nathan Thurm? Martin Short used to play this lawyer character named Nathan Thurm, always was sweating. He the liar? 
Yeah, yeah. My wife, uh, Morgan Fairchild. Yeah, right. that's the ticket. Yeah, what, I mean, the, the Bart Short character was just like this oh, slimy, sweaty, nervous lawyer who would just defend anybody. And that's the way Carter Page was in that interview with, with uh, I believe it was uh, Chris Hayes. And uh, that's the problem with all of this. The difference between Nancy Pelosi and Steny Hoyer meeting with Russian officials and, and Trump's people meeting with Russian officials is Nancy Pelosi and Steny Hoyer and Barack Obama are not denying that they met with these Russian officials on official state business. The right. Trump people are denying it left and right. And that makes it seem suspicious obviously yeah. because now now we're learning that it's all it's all there it's all real so. all right david ferguson plug away and where can people find you on social media and uh and on the uh, blogosphere i am on twitter as t rextasy it's t-r-e-x-s-t-a-s-y and i work for raw story but that's in my official capacity as a journalist and none of, the, yeah, none of this right, represents the none of this represents the opinions a of Rosa. Satirist, um, <laughs> and I uh, get my stuff from the Guardian sometimes. All right, well, thank you for joining us today. We're going to continue uh, chatting on the uh, postmortem show at Patreon.com/slash Bob. Thank you for and having me. Uh, no, oh my God, it's my pleasure. You were awesome. Got to have you back again, really, really soon. Uh, postmortem no, that's show. What he said. Postmortem show coming up next. Uh, stay tuned. Take care, folks. Bye-bye. Bye, bye. Bye.